What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. Happy holidays, H-Town and Astros fans everywhere. Welcome to episode 39 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm a very uh, sinusy Jeff Balky, so please excuse my <laughs> cough drop chewing and occasional throat clearing uh, as I try to get over this head cold. Uh, my partner, back from his Christmas winter wonderland, Ooh. Jeff Blum. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. And give us a follow on Twitter, at Believe in Astros. You can find me uh, at Jeff Balky and Blummer at Blummer27, pretty much anywhere under those names. Send us your comments and questions. Love seeing all of them. Definitely read all of them. Um, let us know anything you're interested in. What are you doing for New Year's? What are your resolutions? Um, <laughs> my resolution is to get over this cold. That's my first number one resolution. Um, Blummer, I saw your Instagram post from the uh, slopes in beautiful Utah. You're looking pretty good out there, even in those matching pajamas you had going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How when did that vacation? become a thing, man? <laughs> huh? yeah. I saw those and I was like, "Hey, Blummer's doing it too." Yeah, it, it, you know, I I'm being being outnumbered greatly in this uh, this democracy that we supposedly have here in this Blum household. It doesn't necessarily go my way all that t- all that often, but right. I've got to give my wife credit if she actually finds pajamas that are large enough to fit me and somewhat <laughs> coordinate with what's going on. I'll gladly put them on, and of course, uh, you know, there's there's a little humility in being a parent as you you do, you do things like this. Absolutely, you know, I've had I've had the fingernails painted, I've had my hair colored, I've I you know I've I've been a makeup test dummy. And uh, now I'm wearing coordinating pajamas, but it's all good. It's all in good fun, and it's festive, and it makes for a good Instagram post. But uh, yeah, a lot Absolutely. of humility on the parent side. Absolutely. Plus, at least it wasn't a onesie. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That, I mean, luckily there was an Instagram when I was wearing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, that is so funny. I, you know, it's funny. Our holidays, we were, you know, we had a big house filled with people, and it was great. We, you know, it was it was lovely, but. My wife and I are both like this every year. We get close to the end of the holidays, and we're like, okay, now it's time for the holidays to be over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a blast, but now it's time. I mean, to get the decorations down, uh, you oh. know, get the new year rolling. Well, the reason, the, the reason I pushed this recording back a little bit, just a little inside info, <laughs> is because we just wiped out Christmas. It's amazing the buildup really? and how early you get ready, and then poof. We're home two days after getting back from our road trip, and uh, Christmas is gone. <laughs> nice, Plumber. That is, hey, that's super efficient. Good for you. Um, <laughs> so let's give a, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. They remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season, everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. Last night, my wife and I decided to sit at the bar at Papacitos, have a margarita and uh, some fajitas, and uh, mm-hmm. the ticket something. Birmingham Bowl was on, and then I did notice there was a there was a bowl game called I I kid you not the San Diego County Credit Union Bowl. Oh yeah, and I'm like the San Diego County Credit Union Bowl. What? 
But I guess if you're going to bet on something, I guess the San Diego County Credit Union yeah. bowl is that, good that's as the next the only one. Foot, only football left in San Diego. <laughs> I guess that's true. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, including the uh, bowl, lesser known bowl games. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code Believe BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Quick thing, Blummer, before we get too deep in this, is Carlos Correa ever going to play again? <laughs> I Dude. mean, what is going down? Like, have you ever seen anything like this where guys like multiple people are like, oh yeah, remember that ankle injury he had eight years ago? Uh, we don't think that's gonna it's gonna work for us. Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything like this, I, and you know this as well as I do. You covering sports as long as you did, yeah. me, you know, playing as long as I did, hearing some of the contracts, talking to aid, you know, you talk to everybody. There's just stories that come out, and usually it's a pitcher. You know, there there was uh, there was a pitcher drafted by the Astros, you know, back in 15, 16, 17, somewhere around that time. Yeah, uh, the left-handed pitcher Aiken. And oh my gosh, you know, they, they want to give him this contract. They do his medicals and they pull back and offer him a different number. That thing blew up. But usually it's a pitcher. And it makes perfect sense because they're throwing, you know, 200 million pitches a year, right. shoulder fatigue, torn tendons, reconstruction, stapled right. shoulders back together. I mean, but to have, you know, I'm reading as the probably the same story as you are because I'm fascinated by this because as an Astro fan, we have history with Carlos. That's obvious yeah. since the day he was drafted. We knew he fouled a ball off his foot. We knew he slid into third base and, and tweaked that ankle or shin or whatever it was. And he was on the shelf. We knew about the back. We knew about the broken rib, the, the you know, the, the dominating masseuses and things like that. <laughs> but I had no idea that the, this ankle or the plate or the surgically repaired knee, ankle, whatever it is on the on that leg was that big of a deal. But apparently other teams view it that way and maybe the Astros looked at it in the sense that we got the best years of Carlos Correa maybe and now we're going to let him go out there and test that free agent market but it's amazing to me that a guy of his caliber right and medicine this day and age you know it, he seems pretty legit to me <laughs> I mean it's widely look it, it was widely expected <clears throat> that Correa would probably be the highest paid guy of the yeah, bunch of them because he's the I youngest. I thought he was the best option at shortstop. Yeah. yeah, he's the youngest and the best defensive shortstop. But my goodness, what in the world is happening with – I mean, and even especially the Mets of all teams. You'd think Cohen would be just like, eh, whatever. If he breaks his leg in half, <laughs> it's fine. We'll, find, we'll pay somebody else, right? But even they're like, uh, maybe not. That's it's, what shocked me. It's I'm very, with you because I think – Cohen, you know, Cohen, uh, there's going to be some legality issues with him saying that this is the last piece <clears throat> yeah, they needed. Right. I mean, there's a lot of uh, language and the way these contracts work. We'll see how that plays out. But I'm with you. I thought Steve Cohen was like, yeah, if this Giants don't want him, we'll take the medicals. It's fine. How bad can it be? We'll bring him over here. And now they're looking at him and then they're going, wait a minute. So it really makes I would love to have a little more insight into right? what these teams are actually seeing that that would pull them off a guy of this caliber. That's what's shocking to me. 
I wonder if it's one of those weird uh, things that you learn about when you're a kid in school, of like one of those worms that gets into your leg and grows inside oh, of it, like because you're in the jungle, and the only yeah. way to get it out is to coax it out and then wrap it on a stick until it finally comes out. <laughs> like, what could it possibly be? Did someone do voodoo on his leg? Like, it's it's bizarre. It's one of the more bizarre stories in a really bizarre off season, uh, quite frankly. <laughs> No, I agree. And I think that Carlos did a good job his last year with Houston in 2020, played, you know, 60 games, mm -hmm. uh, had a great postseason. Then uh, with Minnesota playing 148, 46 right. games or whatever it was. So I think he really kind of pushed himself into that. Or, and in 2021, played a great deal of time, spent 140 yeah. games on the field. So it looked like it was trending in the right direction to, to have him be healthy enough to to garner that contract and have him on the field and have that return on the investment of putting him out there. I also thought, tell me what you think about this. I also yeah. thought it was kind of curious to me that he did, not, not that he took the contract with the Mets, but obviously it's a great deal of money. How do you turn that down? But the fact that he was said he was going to move to third base to accommodate Francisco Lindor was that kind of a tell in the whole situation saying, okay, I recognize there might be a little discrepancy in my medicals. How about I'll take your contract and I'll move to third base and uh, we'll call it a contract and move on. Dude, you're so in my head on this one because I when he, when that happened and he said, uh, you know, and they were like, he's going to play third base. I'm like, that guy has been adamant about the fact that he mm -hmm. is a shortstop since the day You're he right. got to Houston. Like, there was a lot of talk about maybe moving Bregman to short because it was more of his natural position. It was like, no, 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 no. Carlos is playing short, man. He's a shortstop, mm -hmm. right? You're right. So the idea that he would suddenly just be like, oh, sure, I'll play third. Whatever. That's <laughs> very, very, very surprising to me when it happened. I didn't know it was an injury. I thought maybe it was like, well, longevity or you know, whatever it is. But yeah, man, it's like all of a sudden he's like, did you say 13 years? I could do 12. You know, it's like any, I feel like any minute mm -hmm. now he's going to be like, listen, I'll take three. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's like, can maybe, maybe two and a half. Can you, you know, you give me a, a contract through the middle of a season. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like it's weird how quickly all of that changed going from that sort of confidence of I'm, you know, gonna play shortstop the rest of my career to be like, oh yeah i'll play third i'll take a le less year whatever it is mm -hmm. well full, di full disclosure I, I really hope that eventually he gets the contract and we can move on and say carlos is a great player i feel terrible me too that he's under this kind of scrutiny this is a guy who took a chance with the houston astros and yep. stood out in front of everybody and told everybody to stfu yep and put himself out there so he's already a target for being maybe the leader in the clubhouse during that uh, yep. during that tough time, the turmoil of the scandal, and made himself available, but performed extremely well on the field. Yes. And I like Carlos as a person. I yep. think he's a great dude. But it's it's frustrating to see this happen over something that was repaired nine years ago. I don't know if there's a uh, a limit or a statute of limit statute yeah. of limitations on the surgery he had, and he's going to have to get it, you know, redone. I don't know, right. but I just really hope that he gets the contract, and everybody goes, "Well, that was weird," and then you just kind of yes. move on, just for exactly. Carlos's sake, because he doesn't need any more of this scrutiny. Well, the guy pulled the two of the most baller moves ever. First yeah. was <laughs> when he told Cody Bellinger to, like you said, SDFU. That was baller move number one. Baller move number two 
was when he proposed, like on the field when they won the right. World Series. I mean, I, you cannot not like a dude that that pulls those kind of maneuvers. I mean, yeah. that's that's well, straight he's, up. He's wearing the matching uh, pajamas with his kid on Instagram. So that I mean, and his was actually a onesie. So he he won up oh, me. My God. So yeah. All the best to Carl. Truly, I just find the whole thing really weird. Like I think everyone else I, does. There's so many questions I have, and I really hope that someday that that story can come I do out. Too. Because, because organizationally, I think it's fascinating. Now sitting in, in the seat that I sit in, and I, and then I, as an agent, I think it's fascinating, and also yeah. as a player too. I mean, just the the, the roller coaster that this has been. I yeah. just hope it ends with uh, Carlos getting a nice contract and continuing to play great baseball. I agree, hundred percent. Speaking of new contracts. What do you think is going on with Yuli right now? It's really interesting. We're in this we're in this dead zone, right? Where mm. I mean, there was just I guess there was a move today. The Red Sox signed somebody, and Kluber. there have been a few trades uh, going on. You know, of uh, uh, the guy from Arizona that we talked about before, the center yeah. fielder, he got Blue traded. Barsho, he got to, to yeah to Toronto. So there's a few little things here and there, but it's it's you know it's kind of the holiday, so a lot of this is slowed down, but. Yuli's just kind of floating around out there, and there hasn't been really any talk about him. I mean, I haven't seen any reports from anybody, and I kind of wonder what that means not only for his future as an Astro, but his future period in baseball. Well, you know, so Nathan Eovaldi signing with the uh, Texas Rangers. Corey Kluber is the guy you're thinking about that mm-hmm. just signed today right, with Kluber. the Boston Red Sox. But I'm with you. As far as the Yuli situation, I thought it was just going to be, as soon as they signed Jose Abreu, Abreu and uh, Ledmus Diaz, I believe, went to the Oakland A's, correct? That's right. So as soon as those moves kind of happened, you kind of went, well, you got David Hensley waiting in the wings, or you can use him as your utility because he can back up at shortstop. And then you signed Yuli Gurriel. I thought, it, you know, I thought it was a no-brainer because the price is right. He's beloved in that clubhouse. He's beloved in the city. And uh, you figured it'd be a done deal. It was just a matter of time. But now that you get later in the, you know, closer to the new year and the turn of the year, and you get closer to spring training, you kind of wonder, is he going to get signed? Not just, is he going to get yeah. signed by the Astros? I'm kind of curious about that too. Uh, self Selfishly, I want him here in Houston, but wouldn't it be Me great too. if there was a way that Brent Strom could talk to Yuli and say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you were playing on the same team as your as your brother's new team, the Arizona Diamondbacks? You could have Lourdes and Yuli in the same lineup. That would be a that's, lot of fun to watch. That's pretty interesting. That's an interesting uh, thought. And and I want to bring up some. I wanted to kind of discuss something with you that and you you touched on it about how Yuli is beloved here mm-hmm. in the city. And you and I have kind of touched on this before, but there is an attachment that fans have to players, and it's understandable. You know, it is understandable that you would get attached individual players. But I sometimes wonder if it creates unrealistic expectations. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things that all fans want is they want their teams to win. But they also seem to want their teams to win with the players that they want them to win with, right? <laughs> There's like this, I understand it. You know, what do you say to fans who get so... Because I know you and I have both taken some heat for mentioning, even even su- oh. suggesting that Yuli might not be an Astro... <laughs> Um, God forbid. Um, what do you say to people who are so attached to players they can't recognize that sometimes you have to let them move on and that's just what's best for the team? Yeah, it's it, the loyalty is a big word in, in uh, baseball that really you know it started to be questioned back in the 70s when Kurt Flood said, screw this, I want to go play somewhere else and find right. out what my true market value is. And that created free agency. And then all right. of a sudden you had players moving all around. 
and, and this day and age, it's even more interesting because contracts are getting so big. But at the same time, you're, we're, we're seeing this has been a crazy offseason off as far as 10 plus year contracts. So you obviously the money's good and you want to have that player. But I think owners are starting to understand the longer I have this guy around and especially at that caliber, it's better for my fan base. And yeah. that's where you kind of have that struggle between fans needing to understand that it is a business. And I think that's why baseball has become much more regional and it's been much more emotional for these fan bases, but they attach yeah. to the front of the Jersey these days. You're going to have the Altuve's, the Bregman's. Uh, you're going to enjoy these guys when they get drafted, work their way through the system and eventually go to free agency. But it's such a business and it's a harsh reality for, for fans because when you win, you become more attached. And you yeah. say, why do we win? Well, it's because of the Altuve. It's because of Yuli Gurriel. And then these guys are in commercials. Then they're around the neighborhood. Right. And you're going, man, these guys really love us. And that attachment creates itself through championships. And then you realize, okay, that's that. I wish it would have lasted longer, but you got to break up with the girl and let her go. Oh, and man. it's a really tough pill to swallow. And I think if you even go back even further... And talk about the Astros in this clubhouse like we constantly do and how, how wonderful it is, how they absorb guys into this mm -hmm. clubhouse and make them feel embraced. That overflows into the community and you say, you know yeah. what, our guys win and they're wonderful people. <laughs> I want to just I just want to hold on for dear life as long as we can and keep right. these guys. But it's a little bit different down in here in Houston because of 17 had Hurricane Harvey. Right. Uh, the, the way that this team was drafted and developed, Jim Crane asked these fans to hold on right you know endure no, this with us go through the process with us and i think that's where you create that attachment and that's why it's so tough to let them go i you know i think you're right and, and and there's there's some there's some real complications here like i have some friends who are still fans of the titans because they used to be the houston oilers oh, right wow. and that always surprised me because i'm like well they left that's no longer really so then i started thinking well that's my attachment to the city right Mm -hmm. But then you you start thinking, okay, well, I guess it was my team for a long time. Now it's just wearing a different uniform. But you realize that you know uh, everything changes. There's nothing you know. There's nothing stopping it. It's a steamroller, yeah. right? It's going to roll everybody, you and me, and and everybody else. And you just have to get on board with it because it's it. You know, I know a couple of people on Twitter who are huge James Harden fans. And they became Brooklyn Nets fans, and I'm like, See, I can't just I can't just sway my allegiance to a team like that over mm -hmm. one person. Because what do you do when that person retires? You know, do you suddenly like do you just go searching for another player? So it's it's complicated. I know the the emotions that fans feel. It's complicated. It's it's very complicated. How about this? If if it, it is the attachment, you know, of a player retiring in your team's colors, I think changes that a little bit. I think you're yeah. more accepting, okay, we got the best of him. He finished with my jersey on. I yeah. love that guy for life. And then he just rides off into the sunset. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what's going to happen with J.J. Watt, for example, who just announced yeah. that he's retiring. Um, I will ask you this, too. Why do you think that there hasn't been quite the level of uproar over Justin Furlander's departure? I mean... Look, we did we did replace cash money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But I mean, we did replace Yuli Gurriel's position essentially with a, mm -hmm. a better player. Um, Verlander left. We have replacements for him, you know, theoretically based on mm -hmm. what we have pitching. But it doesn't seem like there's that hardcore attachment 
to Verlander that there is with Yuli. Now, I know Yuli, this is his first and only Major League Baseball team, and Verlander, mm-hmm. you know, is with the Tigers a lot longer. But I just kind of wonder why that is, like why fans made that decision that but I guess if we could figure out that out, Blum, we'd probably be making a lot more money, right? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, maybe we could garner a portion of that paycheck. Um, how about the fact that maybe Houston fans are very smart? I think that this mm. day and age, the fan bases, especially here in Houston, understanding like we just talked about going through the process. So they have yeah. an understanding of what the analytic numbers are. They understand the, the monetary value of a player. And yeah. I bet you, I bet you, part of the reason is that the Houston fans understand how these contracts work, or they understand how, you know, how the analytics work, and they probably sat back and said, you know what, we got JV in this dramatic trade on the waiver trade deadline. We 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 used him. He he pitched extremely well, winning two Cy Youngs, yeah. uh, two World Series championships. We got to see him be a part of a no hitter. I mean, there's so many things that are involved with Justin Verlander that you feel like you maximize the return on that investment, and then you say, okay, would you like to have him back? Oh hell yeah, yeah. What number would you like to have him back at? I'm sure Astro fans were like, hmm, you know, maybe a lot less than 43 million. Yeah. And then when JV got that, they kind of went. Thanks, JV. Take the money. We get it. Best yeah. of luck to you. Thanks for everything you did. I think there's just an understanding here in Houston about it. I think you're probably right. I mean, fans here are not there. There are a lot of very smart baseball fans in yeah. Houston. There's no doubt about it. And um, you know, it's just an interesting sort of quirk. Um, last thing, you know, I kind of wanted to talk. We, you know, we're finishing up 2022 this week. Um, kind of thinking about sort of final thoughts to close out the year, like. For me, you know, and I'll I'll go first so you can have the last word on this. In terms of my big moment for the year, it wasn't really just specifically a game. Uh, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Certainly, the home runs from uh, uh, from Jordan Alvarez will always be burned in my brain. Like those moments, <coughs> the walk off against Seattle, the three run homer in Game Six, those will be burned into my memory forever. But for me, I think my favorite moment of this entire season was being in Austin for the first few games of the of the um, World Series. My aunt, my brother-in-law lives there. My uh, father-in-law and his brother, who happened to be in town visiting, we all went up to Austin to stay for a few days. And uh, <clears throat> my father-in-law and his brother are both from Philadelphia. And... But my father-in-law is a massive Astros fan. He's been here since the since the '60s. His brother, however, is a big Phillies fan, <laughs> and sitting out on the deck with this whole family uh, and everyone covered in blankets because it's freezing outside, um, watching this game and watching the two of them, like both very pessimistic individuals. <laughs> that's just for, they're the they're the my father-in-law will tell you. He's the most sports pessimistic person ever. <clears throat> and every time something good happened for one team or the other, the, the other one would be like, well, that's it. It's over. And they just kind of <laughs> said it's over. But just watching that dynamic for a couple of games was really pretty remarkable to watch these guys who've been lifelong baseball fans and, and sitting there and watching it. It helped, you know, for me, <clears throat> it helped make it for a really interesting beginning to the World Series, even if the Astros did lose a game. It was just a fascinating 
sort of watch and and something that I think I will take away from this season, regardless of the winning, regardless of the championship and everything else. That memory is something that I will take away from this and hold for a long time because it was fascinating to watch. Yeah, that's a unique dynamic. Uh, you know, the house, the, you know, the house divided is always yeah. an interesting uh, watch. You know, it's made for good, good docu series over the years, uh, and especially when you get to witness it uh, firsthand, because uh, fanaticism is a unique emotion to try and yes. handle <laughs> throughout even the course in the, of your even life. With the, even with two men in their 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, it, it never leaves. And that tells you, I mean, it gets into the heart and starts pumping through the veins and it's it's pretty Absolutely. tough to uh, mask. But uh, Was I there a single for me, moment it, for you this year that really brought um, all that together? No, it was, it, well, it was a string of emotions leading to, it was a string of events leading to one eventual, you know, conclusion. And it was... Yeah. The Astros are good. We're going to Yankee Stadium. They throw a, no, a combined no-hitter. And I was like, holy crap. These guys aren't just good. They've got potential to be great again. And that was really my first thought as a, a color analyst where I was like, these guys are going to the World Series. I was like, that was my first thought. I'm like, okay, the Yankees were, at that time, were the team to beat. They were estimated to win 120 games. Yeah. Everybody was freaking out. Judge is going to hit 75 home runs. Right. And this is the best team in, Amer in the American League. And the Astros came in, slammed the door, and took the keys and went home. And I was like, wow, these guys have a chance to get deep into the world, into, into the postseason and into the World Series. Then you have Jordan's uh, home run against Seattle, uh, the walk-off at home. Ridiculous. The emotion and the, the impact that that had. And then you have the home run in Game 6 that solidified that World Series championship. And then you have the, the party on the field. And I was on the field as, as Rob Manfred put his hands on that hunk of metal <laughs> and handed that. And immediately he handed it to uh, Jim Crane and immediately went from a hunk of metal to the most precious, shiny, beautiful trophy of a championship I've ever seen. And he proceeds to lift it. And I see his eyes glaze over with a little bit of a tear. And I'm going, okay, this meant yeah. so much more to this team, yeah. to this owner, to this city. And everything kind of overflowed in that direction into the fans. And then the, the World Series parade, I thought was absolutely incredible. Two million people, arm in arm, cheering in the same direction, and you know, barely a, a threat of any kind of you know dysfunction. It yeah, was amazing to see two million people in a downtown situation applaud their team, hug each other, and go home and really thrive on that. Yeah. But I think it was the recognition across the nation that hey, these Astros, they're pretty damn good. Yeah, I tell you what, there was a real uh, vindication, feeling of vindication yes. with that. Those two home runs, honestly, Blummer, it's going to be a long time before. I mean, it's, I was just going to say, you will. Ne it, it, it may be another generation before you see two events, uh, one of those events in a postseason, let alone two, right. and the magnitude that Jordan did that. At. It was amazing. I mean, that first one was. So remarkable, given the fact that the Astros had just been terrible, and it was JV that was on the hill, and yeah. then they come back and win it with a three-run homer, and that was—I mean, I was at home by myself, so you know that was—I was running around screaming like an idiot. But when he hit that thing over the batter's eye, that was like um, that was like the natural or something. When he hits the the lights That's and they, they start exploding, Very similar. Yeah. It was just—and the—and the thing that got me too is Jordan such a 
like a mellow dude, and he's just bat flipping out there. He's like, "That's right, that's what I did. I, w- I was you supposed could- to do that." Yeah, y'all can just live with that. Just chew on that one for a while. <laughs> it was, it was just, it was remarkable. Those are two things that I'm really glad. As a fan, I got to witness those. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. really glad I got to see those. Those are the kind of moments that, as a fan, you really you you hope to see. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm thrilled. It's been an excellent 2022. Obviously, for the Astros, I think it's going to be a really good 2023. I'm knocking on wood as we speak, uh, mm-hmm. just to make sure. Um, any final thoughts for the year, Blumber? You want to? Tie up any loose ends. Let people uh, know uh, what they should be doing going into 2023. <laughs> <clears throat> any advice, suggestions, plans? Yeah, don't change a thing. Whatever you did in 2022, do it again in 2023, especially if you're going to ball games and things like that, because not much is going to change in Minute Maid Park other than, you know, a face is going to be missing from the rotation. Maybe a face, you know, obviously a face at first base. But uh, there, there is no... There is no sacrifice for Will inside that clubhouse or on that field. So uh, 2023 is going to be very interesting. I, I agree with you, Balky, in the sense that um, th- these guys are going to be competing. Other teams in the West have gotten good, yeah. but it still goes through H-Town, and these guys are going to compete their brains out, and they, they're they ready for the task. They've had the target on their back for a long time, and they, they no love doubt. playing in that environment. I tell you what, to keep an eye on the National League next year. The National League mm-hmm. is loaded with talent. Yeah. It is going to be a it is going to be a, a vicious catfight uh, mm-hmm. between those teams. It's going to be nasty. Uh, we'll be back next year. That joke never gets old uh, with a fresh <laughs> podcast and a peek ahead. That's a dad joke right there. That's got to be. Oh, you've got to use that one. That one. All right, I'll see you all next year. Um, <laughs> a peak, we'll be back next week with a peek to see what's ahead. The Astros in 2023, all brought to you by Bet Online. Again, a huge thanks to all the listeners and viewers across the world. Thanks for putting up with my horrible voice today. Hopefully, by <laughs> next week, I will not be choking uh, on my own sinus problems. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you guys keep linking and subscribing and commenting. We'll read them all. We're super thankful for all you guys. It's been a, an incredible 2022. I mean, both for me personally, I know for you, Blummer. And certainly for the Astros and fans, everybody, everywhere. Keep it coming. Just 92 days till opening day, Blummer. 92. It's coming Uh, quick. 92 days. It's coming fast. You better be ready for it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.